You're listening to Good to Grow, a podcast for budding green thumbs. We'll dig into the fun, frustration, and science of growing your own food and flowers in Alberta. For even more tips, join our Facebook community, AMA Good to Grow. Hi, I'm Sandra Speronis, and on this episode of Good to Grow, we'll learn about how your garden can help others. Food waste is a serious problem in Canada. Almost 60% of all food produced in the country is thrown out, according to a 2019 study. So what should you do if you can't keep up with all the zucchini, rhubarb, and other delights from your garden? You can donate your veggies and fruit to Home Harvest, a new program in Edmonton and Calgary. Garnet Borch is a coordinator with the Leftovers Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to reducing food waste in Alberta. He joins us to tell us about the Home Harvest program. Welcome to Good to Grow, Garnet. Thank you, Sandra. It is so good to be on. So how does the Home Harvest program work? Home Harvest is a backyard food rescue program. So people who have surplus food growing in their backyard, say it's an apple tree that has apples falling to the ground or will have apples falling to the ground, or you've grown too much lettuce or your zucchinis are growing out of this world, uh, growers can sign up on the Leftovers website and, uh, and then they can request a harvest. And then our volunteers use the Leftovers app that's uh it's called the rescue food app and uh, and they sign up on the app and they can go pick harvest the food and they have the opportunity to take some home and they take the majority of it to a service agency what are some of the service agencies that you're involved with uh we're connected with around 30 or 40 different agencies in the city and uh they range from like addiction recovery centers to homeless shelters to uh, live-in care facilities, uh, hamper programs, street care, um, all those sorts of programs. People, there are service agencies that are addressing people struggling to meet their basic needs. Right, and that's in Edmonton and in Calgary as well, right? That's right, yeah. What inspired the program? Well, Leftovers has been operating in the food rescue sphere for about eight, ten years now, and we do primarily, or we've been doing primarily food rescue from businesses, so grocery stores, bakeries, and cafes, et cetera. And we've, you know, as you're living in the day-to-day of food waste, and then you walk down your back alley and you notice apples dropping to the ground, cherries dropping to the ground, you really notice those things. So, you know, with like everybody, the things you do, the, spend, the ways you spend your time, it changes how you see the world. And for uh, a city coordinator like myself walking down the back streets of Edmonton and seeing this food going to waste, at the same time I'm spending so much time addressing food waste as is something that I really wanted to contribute towards. So in both Edmonton and Calgary, there were pre-existing programs that were doing this sort of work and Leftovers reached out to each of those programs. They were both volunteer run. And in Edmonton, it was Operation Fruit Rescue Edmonton. And turns out they were having difficulty meeting the needs of the community as a volunteer-run organization. They had grown this um, this program larger than they could run as a volunteer-run organization. So they essentially handed off the backyard fruit rescue to leftovers, and we created a program for it uh, that is um, very well backed by financially and with staffing and with tech technology in our app. So. Uh, yeah, it kind of came about over the past couple of years as we started having these conversations and recognizing the need. Wonderful. 
And how much has been donated so far? Well, we're still in our infancy. So last year we ran like a, a pilot program. I think we rescued maybe like a thousand pounds, eight hundred, a thousand pounds of food in in home harvest. Uh, but that was done more or less manually without the aid of technology. And this year we've really launched a full full on program. And I don't really I don't have the data on hand as it's still early in the season. And we're still figuring out how we're collecting that data. But let's say uh, 500 pounds ish this year. Uh, and we're just really hitting harvest season now. We're really starting to see it all come together. We have, I think, 40 growers registered in Edmonton and several harvests upcoming already and many more that are in the works. So you'll hit a thousand pounds quite easily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Previous years, in talking with Operation Fruit Rescue and what they've been doing, they've had over 100 harvests each year. And each harvest is, I mean, it might be as small as a lettuce patch, but it could be as large as, you know, four apple trees, each with several hundred pounds. So I suspect we'll reach uh, maybe 20,000 would be my you know initial estimate. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of food. And it's really interesting to me because with the food growing in our backyard, we don't know how much is grown in our city. And it's, it's food that we don't track. So with food that goes through Cisco or the grocery stores, they're tracking everything very well. And so, you know, we can do research on that and we can get data on that and we know how that contributes to our economy. We don't know the amount of food or its dollar value that's going to waste in our backyards. And so I think there's huge potential there and I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do with the program. Right. Why is food waste and food sustainability such an important issue for you personally? I grew up on a small farm called Goodnote Community Farm. And my mother's mission, one of her many missions, but one of her main missions is to reconnect people with food and for us to have and see the value in food and the amount of energy it takes to create food, especially good quality local food. And so this value of food was really instilled in me from a young age. And uh, yeah, over the past couple of years working for Leftovers, it's it's really felt so good to be involved in that work and uh, and contribute to that because food waste is, and it ha- I feel food has an inherent value and it also has so much value in the the resources that went into creating that, people's time and the land it you know, was needed to create that food, the water needed, uh, the greenhouse gas emissions created in the production of the food. And, and then if it goes to waste, it's also creating more greenhouse gas emissions as it decomposes in our landfills. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it's a really important issue and, um, yeah, and it, it really hits home for me as well. Right. Could you tell me a little bit more about good note? What, what all goes on at a community farm? I think that a community farm can mean very many different things. And it just means that it's larger than somebody's individual garden and it's smaller than an industrial complex. And a good note, what that means is there are uh, probably about 10 to 20 people who uh, have garden plots there. So they, they rent a plot for the year and there are goats and chickens and cows 
that people occasion will come and help with the chores. Um, and then my mom does a lot of teaching around, uh, let's say like cheese making workshops and willow basketry and fermentation, making sourdough bread, those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, so it's a place for people to go and reconnect with land and food and uh, and learn these uh, basic life skills. It sounds amazing. What was it like for you to grow up there? Oh, it was so much fun. So, so much fun. And it was great to have, like, for example, the, the open door policy where you're sitting having breakfast, uh, you know, about to go to school for the morning and somebody just walks in and you may or may not recognize them and you say, oh, hey, how's it going? And it, it, it feels like that sense of, community and uh and you know they're always quite grounded people coming in and wanting to help and wanting to uh connect and um yeah it was it was great uh and i I learned a lot that i'm I'm still learning what i learned in growing up that for example I'll, i'll meet somebody who grew up in the city and they might uh you know they may be growing garlic and uh I see that they're growing garlic and they forgot to cut their garlic scapes. I'm like, what, what's going on? Didn't you, why didn't you cut your garlic scapes? That's the thing that people do. And, uh, and that's just kind of inherent knowledge for me. And, and of course this person who grew up in the city has no idea, uh, that you, one does, uh, cut it, cut their garlic scapes. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of things that I wouldn't call myself an expert gardener. And yet there's a lot of information that just, I was exposed to as I was growing up. Right. Um, when did you know you wanted to work in food sustainability? Hmm. Did you have an aha moment? Not particularly, I would say. I, I did an engineering degree of all things, and I was working in renewable energy for about two years after graduating uh, university. And I found that the work just wasn't really fulfilling for me. And I needed something that was less technical and more grounded in, (laughs) quite literally grounded in what's real. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah. And then, and then I kind of got exposed to um, leftovers via uh, some volunteer work that I do with the Edmonton Permaculture Guild. And, uh, and yeah, and then I heard about them, the job offering. I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is, this is the one I really want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect for you. Yeah. What are some of Leftover's other programs? Yeah. Our, our main program that we've been doing for eight years now is called Rescue Food. And that is volunteers pick up food that would otherwise be wasted from businesses that might be grocery stores, cafes, bakeries, restaurants, farmers markets. And they take that food directly to service agencies. Wow. So that's um, that's our main program. We rescue in Edmonton. Last year, we rescued 150,000 pounds of food doing that. And as a organization, I think we're already well over 500,000 this year. So it's lots and lots of food that we can rescue that, that way. Mm-hmm. And when we get donations that are too large for a service agency to accept, or they're really obscure. Like uh, in Calgary, we were donated several pallets of pretzels from WestJet when WestJet had to cut a lot of their flights. And they're individually packaged pretzels, which some agencies will like greatly appreciate and you know hand out on the streets or give to their clients. Uh, and there's just so many of them that we need to find other things to do with them. And so we launched our new program called 
a new upcycling. And that's where we take this food. And, you know, if we can't find a home for it that addresses food access and food insecurity, mm -hmm. then we partner with local businesses that might be bakeries, cafes, breweries, and uh, they use that those ingredients creatively in their products and come up with new creations. That's wonderful. So where did all those pretzels go? There were some that were uh, donut toppings. There were some that were made into ice cream. And I think there was one other organization that took some in Calgary, but I'm not sure. And to be honest, uh, it, it helps. The new upcycling helps reduce the amount of food. But a challenge we're having with that is that the businesses that are capable of being creative and making custom batches um, with whatever ingredient is on hand are typically smaller scale businesses. Right. So it's, it's great to not throw out this you know whole box full of pretzels, but we also still have another pallet of pretzels sometimes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's a great initiative, and we're looking to find ways to increase the the size and how, what we can do with it as well. Right, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, leftovers also has a mobile grocery store. We did. We had to close that program down. Uh, that was Fresh Roots was a spinoff of Leftovers that started two and a half years ago. And uh, we are having difficulties um, through COVID in maintaining the program. And it's currently on hold and it will be back soon, I hope. But there's no definite date for when Fresh Routes will be back. Okay, fingers crossed. Yeah. So what else can we be doing on a daily basis to reduce food waste? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, Do you have any tips? As individuals, we can certainly work to reduce food waste. Some of the research that I've read has suggested that meal planning is actually one of the best ways to reduce food waste at home because when we go to the grocery store, if there are zucchinis that are on for, you know, five for $10, that sounds like a great deal until you realize you actually only need one zucchini and the other four get wasted. Right. And when you have a meal plan, then you can look at your meal plan and be like, oh, actually, no, I'm not going to use these other four zucchinis. So I'm just going to get the one that I need and that'll save me money and reduce food waste. Uh, so stuff like that, um, where you're buying the correct proportions and, uh, and meal planning. And then you can also play, say, okay, I'm going to have this leftover tomato sauce for making pizza. I'm going to use that. If there's any leftover pizza sauce, I'm going to use it in my chili the next day, for example. Um, and you can, um, start to be creative in how you're using leftovers. That's a great one. And one that I would love for more folks to get on board with is to buy the ugly and the bruised fruits and vegetables at the grocery store. And I'll fully admit it's difficult for me to pick up this apple that's misshapen and has a bit of a bruise on it and pay money for that, the same money that I would pay for a perfectly good apple. But if you don't buy that apple, that apple will be thrown out, guaranteed. So if it's a little misshapen, if it's got maybe a scrape on it and you're like, oh, I can cut that out, purchase it. And that not only does that save that apple in particular, but when grocery stores recognize that, oh, actually all of our bananas are getting purchased regardless of their shape, then they don't hold such strict quality standards for their suppliers. And their suppliers then don't have to throw out half their bananas uh, when they're shipping to the grocery store. Wow. These are great ideas. Thank you.
I spend a lot of time thinking about it and I wish it was uh, more simple. And I, I, I want to interject at the system um, at a higher level. And so actually I'll add one more. Yeah. Buy from your local farmers. The shorter the supply chain, the fewer opportunities there are from waste. And I recently signed up for a CSA program, Community Supported Agriculture, Mm -hmm. where I'm getting a box of veggies each week from a couple of friends of mine who have started a market garden. And I find that I, I, I value food a lot as an individual, and I value it even more when my friends are producing it for me. And I'm like, no, like Dylan made this zucchini. I'm not going to toss that zucchini. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find a way to use this. And, um, and so the value you have in it and how you feel about it will influence the the degree to which you'll waste. And also just that it comes directly from the farm to me means it doesn't start in Australia and go through five different shipping warehouses, 10 different trucks and a boat to get to me. And each of those steps would have waste. And you're also getting the freshest food available. So it's healthier for you as well. Exactly. And you're being more environmentally friendly at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, your two main tips are shop local and don't be fooled by sales. (laughs) Word. That's true. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Garnet, for joining us on Good to Grow. Pleasure. Thanks very much for talking. And I'm looking forward to checking out more of your podcasts. Garnet Borch is a coordinator with the Leftovers Foundation. To get involved with its home harvest program, download the Rescue Food app or visit rescuefood.ca. Growing your own food or flowers? Drop us a line at goodtogrow at ama.ab.ca. We might feature you in a segment we call The Plot Thickens. For this segment, we want to hear about your garden. We want to know what you're growing, what gardening means to you, or any questions you might have about growing food and flowers in Alberta. In this installment of The Plot Thickens, we meet a mindful gardener. My name is Terry Jones, and I'm probably a hobby gardener. I grow vegetables, herbs, I grow perennials, annuals, houseplants. I'm not good with cactuses or uh, succulents, though. (laughs) I tend to overwater. It calms me, it relaxes me. Uh, I find there's a lot of benefits and rewards to gardening, so yeah, yeah. And I just love the, the, the energy and the atmosphere it brings, just the natural calming aspects to it. Thanks, Terry. Share your gardening adventures or questions with us, and you might be featured in an upcoming installment of The Plot Thickens. Send an email or voice recording to goodtogrow at ama.ab.ca. Thanks for listening to AMA's Good to Grow podcast. I'm Sandra Speronis. Happy gardening! Good to Grow is produced by the Alberta Motor Association. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For even more gardening tips and tales, join our Facebook community, AMA Good to Grow.